Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Dyson Slice, the Pathfinder 2nd Edition Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dyson Slice discussion series. I got uh, me, Brandon, and I'm with Beth and Chad. Hello. We're trying something different, ladies and gentlemen. We are not in the same room. We're all remote because we wanted to get this information out to you. And uh, Beth, do you want to lead us in what that information is we want to talk about today? Oh, yes. So as I'm sure all of you guys are aware, Paizo released their dates that they're going to put Pathfinder 2 out into the world. So it is launching August 1st of this year. Uh, I did want to start with no one is surprised by this. (laughs) So that is the first day of Gen Con. Uh, So Gen Con starts on a Thursday. If we're talking, people are pre-ordering this. There's going to be literally pallets of books. So, yeah, August 1st makes perfect sense. They're not going to want to bring that stuff in on a Friday or a, a Saturday. So, And I expect they're going to sell a whole bunch, because didn't they sell a whole bunch of Starfinder when that mm-hmm. came out? Mm-hmm. I think they brought like more and more pallets than they ever thought they would ever need, and they still sold out of that. So with yeah. Pathfinder, they're probably going to do even more. So I was actually at Gen Con when they released the Advanced Players Guide. Uh, I was not there for the original Pathfinder release, but uh, they had a stack that was almost as tall as me and was uh, longer than I am tall and sold out, I think, day one and had to bring more. It was insane. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. So expect that, but even more, because as we're going to talk about... There's more than one book releasing. They got a lot to bring to Gen Con. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, definitely. So I'm just going to run down the list. We're going to give price points, and we're kind of going to just briefly talk about our impressions of each product. Don't give the price points. My wallet hurts enough as is. Oh, (laughs) that is definitely true. I totaled this up, and this does not include deluxes, I don't believe. Uh, but it was like $278. Ouch. So, yeah, if you want the entire set... Which I do. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do too. Uh, this is gonna, gonna hurt the bank a little bit. I know uh, what I'll probably do is each payday just to pre-order one item. <laughs> right, piecemeal it together, get the get the big things and work your way through. Yeah. So, I'm against my morbid. I mean, you make those life decisions yourself. (laughs) Good luck convincing the wife. (laughs) Yeah, well, So, first we're going to talk about the core rulebook. um, Which, again, we knew this was coming. This was part of the playtest materials. We knew it. We also pretty much knew the price point. So, it's coming in at $60 retail. Um, That's pretty standard. Uh, for a book this size, um, which, as we're going to mention which, later... Well, yeah, it's good for its size, but yeah, go ahead. It's, it's huge. It's going to be a good-sized book. Um, and we've already seen some of the artwork that's going to go into it. In my opinion, $60, totally reasonable for this type of thing. 
Right. However, the other thing that they're releasing is the deluxe version. And they're also releasing Ooh. a deluxe version of the B-Series, which we'll talk about in a second. And that is coming in at $80. So for mm. 20, <laughs> yeah, 20 additional dollars, you get it in a full leather cover that has a uh, metallic embossed uh, Pathfinder logo on it. Well, which is, I mean, it it's cool and all, but I really like the artwork on the oh. regular edition. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So the one thing I would say about this, $20 may not seem like a lot. And if you really like faux leather covers, go for it. But we're not going to know these rules. We're going to be using these books pretty extensively to reference rules, to be making our characters. Me personally, I think that maybe in a year, that's something that would be a good idea. But starting off, it's not something that I would invest in. Well, what I'm wondering is if the leather cover is just a cover that you can remove and then you'll be able to see the artwork as the usual book. Or is it like a permanent thing so the way they've done products like this in the past is that it's a permanent thing so when they re-released rise of the rune lords they did a leather cover on that as well um and which was a very well received very beautiful book um but also was it brand new so mm. uh, but it was a permanent cover it wasn't like something you could remove at all and yeah. my guess is with other books that I've seen like this, uh, it's going to be a permanent cover. Yeah. So moving on, we do have the bestiary. Again, not a surprise. We knew that it was coming. We had that in the playtest materials. We do have a deluxe copy of this. Uh, so the regular retail price of the bestiary for nearly... 400 monsters in one section. I like to talk about that. Oh, yeah, you got that too. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, so I'm not sure why. Uh, but it says nearly 400, and then in, in the bullet point says more than 400. Yes, that was mm -hmm. driving me crazy. I was laying in bed last night, and I said, hey, honey, can you read this for me? And she goes, okay, nearly 400. And I said, okay, read this, more than 400. I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's wrong, right? That's weird. And she said, you're weird. And, <laughs> and that was it. But well, I, 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 I know you agree with her, but I, I think that's... Uh, what is it? I need to know. I mean, do we actually need to know how many monsters are in the bestiary? No, I'm going to buy it regardless, probably. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to be purchasing the bestiary. Uh, at 50 bucks, I, I think that's reasonable. The deluxe version, which again, same thing, you get a full leather cover with a embossed metallic uh, logo on it. It is $20 more, so it's $70. The bestiary is one of those things that if you want something deluxe, this may be the product to get. Yeah. Because we use our bestiary pretty, well, at least me personally, I don't use it a lot. I use it for the art to look mm. through and say, man, that monster is really cool. I'm going to read through its history. But when I'm at the table, I tend to use online resources or a PDF copy of the B-Series for convenience. Right. And a lot of times I have my monsters already kind of shrunk down to a little cheat sheet 
copied exactly. off somewhere. So, yeah. But the main feature, in my opinion, of the bestiary is the artwork. They Absolutely. are, yeah, it is a well-produced book. The artwork is amazing. That's what we want it for. So if you want to splurge on a deluxe hardcover copy, I would recommend the bestiary over the player's handbook for personal. Like, that's just my personal preference. Because you want that to stick around for a long time. Not necessarily because the rules are going to be stuck around, stick around for a long, long time, but because the art is so freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, do you think there, I mean, I hope you're right, but do you think there's going to be a lot of art? Because I'm slightly worried about that because it's a 360-page book with 400 monsters, or nearly, or more than 400 yeah. monsters. So that means they're going to be compacting them in there, I'm guessing. So, I think so. If we look at the beast areas that they've released before as kind of an indication. Now, obviously, this is new edition. There's going to be some differences. But they typically will give um, one picture per entry. Now, for things like uh, swarms, you know, if they talk about a swarm of ants and then of different sizes, or if they have a picture of, like, a regular wolf, they may not have a picture for the dire wolf. I think Yeah, please don't waste time on that i but i know I what an ant looks like i need to know about the dire ant come on <laughs> the dire ant i need to know actually now that you said that now i need to know <laughs> i need to know what a dire ant looks like uh but you know a lot of times they'll include familiars in that list and they're not gonna have a picture of every single familiar okay good so my expectation would be that most monsters would have a vis- visual representation. Well, that will be exciting. I am hoping that you're right, but I am a little bit concerned just because the playtest bestiary didn't have a whole lot of art in it. Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming that once the official comes out, they're going to have a lot. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm yeah. looking forward to. Yeah, because the uh, playtest one actually referenced the Pathfinder 1E one. It would say like, oh yeah, see the Pathfinder 1st Edition bestiary page 370, and I'm assuming if I went to that, I would have seen a picture or something. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you're right on that. I definitely think um, that there's going to be um, new artwork, especially with this being a flagship product. Uh, I just don't see them reusing artwork and i don't see them skimping on it um you know they hired wayne reynolds for a reason uh because he's a genius and his artwork's amazing um we're going to talk about that a little bit later but yeah i just don't see him skimping on it can we talk about the artwork on the front of the bestiary oh yes we can okay so i was not sure what those little creatures were on the left and do you guys know what those are those are kobolds aren't they yes those are kobolds. We have it pulled up in front of me. They, so I had to dig into this a little bit. I think these kobolds are so cute. Um, apparently, older editions of like D and D had this type of kobold, and then later on, of like fifth edition, and so 
they have turned them more to like uh, rodent, larger rodent, lizardy type of things. Mm-hmm. And now I think Pathfinder is kind of reshaping them to kind of how they used to be, which I kind of like them adding the Paizo spin on mm-hmm. those. Kind of like what they did with Goblins. They kind of made them their own. Definitely. So I'm really excited about uh, these little cute kobolds. Uh, you know what? I had looked at this artwork and I hadn't even noticed, but you're absolutely right. They're adorable. They are. And there's one for, I think if you look at, if you zoom in, you can see they have one for the dragon colors. They have a red, a blue, a black. And, and there at the very bottom, there's a green one. Is Oh yeah, there is a green one. There he is. He kind so, of blends in with the rocks a little bit. No, he's a smart one. He'll hmm. survive. I don't, there's not a white one for a white dragon, but. Well, there's somebody hiding in that cave. It might be another green one, but you don't know. Yeah, there's something there. Green, blue, red. I'm not quite sure about the one hiding in the little hole. Then black. Yeah, is that a hydra cool. in the back? Oh, that's definitely a hydra. Yeah, but yeah. It kind of look, okay, is it is the hydra like going from the bottom and curling all the way up? Or does it kind of look like it's hacked off right behind this big creature right in front? I think that's a troll, by the way. Okay. That's what uh, I was hoping. I could be for. wrong, but I think it's a troll. No, I think it twists all the way down to the bottom. Okay. I do see like little back spindles on the, mm-hmm. like down below the troll's right arm. Yeah. Oh, but this cool. is very iconic Pathfinder. Like, <laughs> this is some good artwork. I really um, like it. I really do like it. Do we know this. if it's Wayne Reynolds who did it? I don't think they've said. I might be wrong. Um, I don't see anything about it. He does a lot of their cover art. And um, he's been doing artwork for them from the beginning. And he is a genius, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not usually really an art guy. But between this and the core Mm -hmm. rulebook, I'm like blown away with the artwork. I almost want to collect it just for the art and that's somebody that the the 5e or the D D uh art book came out a while back and i didn't even look at it for half a second so that mm-hmm. tells you how cool this is yeah no, no no uh i very much like the uh pathfinder uh core rulebook art it's pretty great is it bad that i want one of these little mini dragon guys as a pet no, because I do too. They're like little cute little like uh, Pokemon. Like I want to collect them all. I want to get one of like every color. So yeah. wait, what you're telling me is you want to be king of the kobolds? I mean, why not? Yes, that's going to be our next quest. If okay. these are kobolds. I think they've pretty much, I think I read in the forums that they are. Okay. Then yeah, king of the kobolds. Cool. Yes. Um, all right. Well, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> so moving on I want to talk about the adventure path so again this is a product we're not surprised about um, it's retail for $25 we're out of the deluxe version nothing going forward has a deluxe version again but the Hell Knight Hill is the module and then Age of Ashes is the name of the adventure path that's kind of cool. Uh, Hell Knight Hill, 
there's gonna be demons. That's just gonna happen. No. And the cover looks like there is like a death knight or something on there. Mm-hmm. Although I heard that is a placeholder cover. So. Yeah, they they do that. Uh, it was the same with uh, Tyrant's Grasp. Um, they didn't release the artwork for that until I think like a month or two before it came out. There was a placeholder. Gotcha. Well, actually, Beth, Brandon, you guys know a lot more about the lore of uh, Galarian than me. Uh, what exactly are the Hell Knights? Because I've, I've heard about them before, but beyond just little tidbits, I don't know much. Uh, um, Beth knows way more than me. I know there's like different factions of them or different groups of them. And this is going to be exploring one that hasn't been touched on before. Oh. But I don't know exactly what they are. Well, They're... let me tell you. Oh, here we go. We have a popcorn. Uh, definitely didn't have to Google it. <laughs> oh, okay. Just, you know, off the top of my head, the Hell Knights are affiliated knightly orders devoted, excuse me, devoted the swift, merciless enforcement of law. These crusaders of lawful, neutral ideals care nothing for goodness, evil, or exceptions. Theirs is a path of unflinching obedience to the law, vicious defense of social order, and the tenacity to punish the servants of chaos. Ooh. Just off the top of my head. That sounds like it was not scripted at all. I agree. <laughs> I did pretty good. That's a good memory you got there. Yeah. No, actually, I'd never heard of them before. <laughs> I had That's them exactly before. what I read about them. So. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched um, the stream they did on Friday where they had Eric Mona on the Paizo stream, and he talked a little bit more about this adventure path. Do you want me to share a little of nope, what he no said? Okay. I mean, spoiler alerts right out. Okay. Yeah. So, spoil well, I mean, he didn't say spoiler alert, but I'll say <laughs> spoiler alert because he did share some things with it. It's going to take place in uh, Isgar or Isgar? Isgar. Which, Isgar. Okay. Yeah, it's going to take place there, which they said is like a, a, rel a country that has a lot of typical fantasy things so goblins and and so forth um also it said you would be playing as first level adventurers and this will go to level 20 oh okay which is awesome because they're trying to show that this game second edition is a first to 20 game so their first ap going to first and 20 kind of proves that yeah that, that just to highlight that really quick that was definitely a minority in Pathfinder 1. Right. I think there was only like two. Two or three, yeah. Yeah. I, so I love that they're doing this. So you feel like you get a whole massive campaign and get to play the... I mean, a lot of the times you make a character and you're like, well, I'm never going to hit level 15, so I'm never going to even look at those skills. Well, mm -hmm. in this, if you're going to 20, you're going to get to play with all of them. So that's really exciting. Absolutely. Uh, so Eric also said that you will all be playing as people that are from this little town and you will be going into a nearby uh, citadel or castle or something of where the Hell Knights were and you will find a portal that you'll find multiple portals that take you to different areas around the world and you'll be taken to places that have been talked about but never gone to before. 
So it's going to be a globe-spanning adventure. Mm. Very cool. Yep. I think that's pretty much all he uh, he said about it. Okay. Well, uh, I think we're all really excited about it. I'm going to push forward because we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Oh, come on. Let's do it. So the next one, and, and now we're getting into stuff that I was not expecting them to come out with on August 1st. So I think, personally, the biggest surprise was the fact that they're releasing a new world guide. It's called Pathfinder Lost Omens World Guide. So cool. Yeah. Uh, it's going to retail for $37, but it is also releasing August 1st. Like, I would have expected this to come out in September, honestly. Well, I think this is really important to have, because when you get people like me that know Pathfinder, but really come more from the Forgotten Realms and D&D land, telling somebody, oh, hey, go look at this really old world book we made years ago, kind of makes you feel like, oh, well, okay. But having a brand new, updated, uh, complete campaign setting guide that is brand new with the new edition, I think is a brilliant choice. Absolutely. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be packed with some cool artwork. Oh, speaking of, it's going to have the first ever, I think, or maybe the the first detailed map of the entire planet. Not oh just, my gosh. Not just the what? inner sea region, which is like where most of the stuff happens, mm-hmm. but the entire planet of Galarian is going to be on this map. I don't know how I missed that, but you're absolutely right. That's fantastic. Yep. And one side is going to be a player side, and then one side is going to be more for the GM that's going to have a lot more minute details that you can focus on. Wow. Uh, honestly, this is the number one thing I'm excited about. Yeah, I mean, you are really good with the lore, so I think this is right down your alley. I'm a little yeah. shocked that it's not very big. I think it's only 130-some yeah. pages. Mm-hmm. 136. So it's not very big, but I think hopefully they get like the major regions and stuff identified i think it's going to have a little bit of crunch with it too i think it's going to come out with some archetypes and some more backgrounds that you can use for your characters so that's that's exciting that's really really cool um one of my absolute favorite pathfinder books is the inner sea guide the inner sea world guide is an amazing book and will still be used in pathfinder 2 so the fact that they're just they're releasing a new one and not just re-releasing uh, the Inner Sea Guide. Super awesome. Very, very excited. Right. And so the Inner Sea was, I mean, that's kind of been the major world guide, I guess, mm-hmm. for the first edition. I think they had, like, specific, uh, like, campaign setting books. Yeah. But the mm-hmm. Inner Sea was kind of like the main one, right? It was uh, the first one, I do believe, and it was the one that every thing after it was kind of judged by him. Gotcha. Well, I think, uh, well, and um, Eric Mona, when he did the discussion on Friday, he also mentioned that they, the Inner Sea World Guide um, was, a, was a big one for him, and the Inner Sea is where they kind of stick to, but they never really had a name for their campaign setting. 
there was mm-hmm. actually a book, I think it was called the Pathfinder campaign setting book. Um, and then they kind of narrowed in on the inner sea, but they mm-hmm. never called it uh, Galarian. Kind of like D&D has Forgotten Realms and Greyhawk mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. The Pathfinder one was, oh, the, the Pathfinder world, or the Pathfinder right. campaign. Now it is officially the Pathfinder campaign world or setting is going to be called the Lost Omens. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah. That's super wow. awesome. So, yeah, that's the thing I'm most excited about, but we're not even half done. What? Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah no, I know. Uh, we are kind of going to buzz through these last few, but uh, the next one is going to be a new adventure. Now, it's not an adventure path. It is just an adventure. Now, I say just. It's super awesome that they're releasing this, uh, but it's for first-level characters. It's called The Fall of Plaguestone. It's a 64-page book. Uh, retails for $23. Super awesome. I'm really surprised about this. Yeah. You know, I figured too. they would work on an adventure path, but I'm yeah. really surprised they're coming out with a adventure, too. But I'm really happy about it. Uh, some of the comments I read said that uh, it's not going to be a tutorial, like Doomsday Dawn, where they work mm-hmm. through certain things. But it is going to cover a lot of different things that new people to Pathfinder uh, will like or can see the differences between the editions. So well, it won't be a tutorial, but it will be, a, you know, kind of a nice first step, I think, for groups. I really like the idea that, hey, you don't want to uh, commit to a full adventure path? Here's an introduction. Right. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And to release with that, they're releasing a flip map, which, you know, Pathfinder releases pretty good flip maps. I tend to like them. Um, so for them to release one specifically for Plaguestone, that's pretty cool. It means they're invested in this. Yeah, hmm. I'm kind of surprised they don't have a flip map for the Adventure Path. Do they normally do AP flip maps? They usually release them later, and they don't usually get released at the same time. The same with, uh, like, pawn boxes. They usually release that after all six uh, modules have been produced to avoid spoilers. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, that's the next two products. Uh, just real quick, the uh, map retails for $15. And that's pretty um, aver- on average for them. Uh, it's 24 by 30 inches and 8 by 10 when it's completely folded up. So... Uh, pretty standard with the rest of their float mats. That's pretty cool. I mean, I have just like a regular mat that you draw on, but I have thought about getting a whole bunch of flip mats to play with, so I may have to check having, this one out. Having ones that are specific to your adventures is kind of convenient, um, but the fact that you can use them for other adventures, like there's nothing that makes them exact. Uh, it's not like they have numbers on them, so that's pretty cool. Gotcha. So, moving right along, they released a GM script. And I kind of want to talk about this because they're not only releasing one GM screen, they are releasing two. Did you guys see this? Yes, a portrait one and a landscape one. So... Gotta go landscape. See, that's how I feel. I am short. (laughs) (laughs) 
like I cannot see over the portrait style ones. I'm not a big GM screen fan anyway. If I have one though, I like it for the references on it. But if it's too tall, I can't see my players. Right. Again, I'm five five. Like I'm pretty short. So I think that's a great idea. And yep. And then how do you reach over the GM screen to draw on the dry erase mat and all that? You're mm-hmm. gonna have to get up and walk around. Mm-hmm. Interact with your players. That's not cool. Yeah, exactly. Gross. Right. Now, I, I will say that there are people who are excited about the portrait one because it allows for more real estate, right? It's taller. It's probably going to be the same length. Um, actually, does the product say how long it is? It just says four panel. They're both four panel. So if the panels are the same size, it's, uh, it's going to be a little shorter but it's going to have all of the information that you need laid out in probably a nicer manner than the landscape one, but you can't see over it. What <laughs> if it you're should short do in my mind is take up less, less space on the table, but mm-hmm. go up higher so that, you know, you'll have more places to attach things on the sides and on the top of it, whatever. Uh, and also block people from seeing all your stuff as a GM. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. As GMs, all three of us have GM games at one point or another. Which mm. one would you use? Landscape. Chad? I'm not sure. Because I think you're taller than both Brandon and I. Well, yeah, but... Barely. Uh, <coughs> yeah, okay, well, whatever, Brandon. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd still probably go landscape. Hmm. I think that tends to be the consensus, but uh, it, it'll be interesting to know. Yeah, it seemed like they were making landscape kind of like the main one they were pushing. But mm-hmm. the people that still wanted a portrait version, they would have it. And I think <laughs> it's going to have all the identical stuff on the GM side. But I believe they said the artwork is going to be different on the player side. Now, mm. which one is exclusive? It's the portrait edition. The, the portrait. portrait edition is only going to be found on Paizo.com, where the what they call widescreen or the landscape, that is the one that they're putting out in stores. And both of them retail for $20, by the way. Hmm, that's cool. I wonder why that is. Uh, they're probably not going to produce as many portrait because mm. they, they think people are going to buy more of the landscape one. That's true. So they're offering it. They're saying, hey, look, we're going to have this available, but they may only make, you know, I don't know, 20000 Who knows? But the, right. the stock is going to be less, and so they can keep them in a warehouse um, and exclusively sell them on their store. Of course, this is a guess completely. <laughs> so. Sounds right. I, I appreciate that they're doing that. I won't probably use the portrait one. I mean, I wouldn't turn it away if somebody gave it to me, but um, I'm glad they provide that option for people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely, definitely understand that. So... Then, because we're not even done, we're going to come across two products I would have sworn they would not have released with day one. And yet, here we are. Uh, first is the combat pad, which, have either one of you used a combat pad before? No. No, but I have the Starfinder one now. Thank oh, you, Oh, nice. Uh, it's pretty great. So it retails for $25. Awesome. Yeah. I 
when mine worked, um, some of my magnets got demagnetized. I don't know how that happened. But uh, it's a dry erase magnetic board that has little tabs that you can write people's names on. So instead of having a wooden peg that you put um, clothespins on, which is, I do believe, our current system, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, would use the, you would use this pad. Okay, well, um, first off, that system is beautiful, but yes, this is great, too. Uh, I think a friend made that for you, right? Yes, he did. Thank you, uh, Ryan, if you are listening. It's, it actually is a really good idea, and I do kind of lo- love it. Uh, but, but I think I would still use the... Con- I mean, I still think as a, the GM, I would let you guys use the little clothespin thing to kind of view what's happening, but I still think I would use the combat pad tracker because I can write my little notes and and uh, keep track of, you know, like how many rounds start and end, and I don't have to scratch it out on paper. I can just use a dry erase marker. The other thing that I'm still, I'm really excited about that I was not expecting was the condition card deck. Really happy with this. Oh my gosh. Yes. So as much as I wasn't expecting it, I'm extremely excited for it. Blame this to me. (laughs) So uh, the condition card deck was something that they released with Pathfinder 1 and then again in Starfinder where when you got a condition on you, it would give you the rules for it. So when you were sickened, it told you what would happen. Ooh. Well, for Pathfinder 2, those aren't going to be able to be used again because the conditions are changing. The rules are completely different. So now it, it's going to be even more important to say, okay, you have sickened one. Here's the rules for that. Because, you know, a lot of us aren't going to know right off the top of our heads. This is going to be so easy. No, I love that. Because right now I have, I have like the printed off sheet of the conditions that I have to flip through. And then, Chad, you've been bringing the like pop bottle tops and trying to mark the <laughs> board where people have the conditions. So just being like, hey, you know what? Here, you are sick. One is awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to have like, if you're sick two, do I hand you two cards, or do you think it will say sick one, sick two on the on the card? I think it'll just say, you know, according to what number you have increment at this times. This so you just times. have to remember your mm-hmm. number. I think so. Um, I will also say it looks from the cover art like they're going to reuse the art that they used for the first deck, which I'm not unhappy about. Um, they were all goblins, and they were unless it's a placeholder. Could be a placeholder, absolutely. Um, there also are going to be some cards that will have to have new art because there's conditions that are different, like doomed. Doomed. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody. <laughs> to it. Doomed. Oh, Jason Bowman. Oh uh, yeah, and if I didn't say that was uh, retailed for twenty three. Um, so I wasn't expecting that, and I'm really excited about it. really like this. Uh, this is going to be a day one. I think if you're a GM playing mm-hmm. with a brand new system, I think you have to get this for your players. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think, personally, that and the player's handbook are, are the two things I would recommend the most. Right. But, 
there is one more thing, and I would recommend this as well. Oh my gosh, one more? One more thing. Okay, and this, I hadn't thought of it before, but I'm also not kind of, not surprised. Uh, but they're releasing a character sheet pack. Explain this one to me as well. <laughs> so it retails for $15. Uh, it's going to have character-specific, or class-specific character sheets. Okay. So uh, I like that part of it. Mm -hmm. I like the class specific. I think it's all going to be black and white. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'll probably get this maybe as a PDF if you can reuse it, like for mm -hmm. multiple classes. I think that'll be awesome because then you can just print it out. Um, if not, you can probably just scan it and you know, copy it off. You know, if they're depending just depending on licensing. But to, yeah, if they let you do that with license, which mm -hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm betting they do. Usually. But, okay. I, I love that they have character class sheets in D&D &D 5e somebody made a super sheet and they basically mm -hmm. had a super sheet for every class and so that kind of broke it down for you but mm. second level you get this feature yes. you know that all fighters get and so this if it's kind of like that although you know you have a lot of the feet options which they won't know what you're taking but um something like rage will probably be universal for a barbarian, I'm assuming. So that's uh, that's pretty neat. I like that. So I am cautious about this. Uh, as both of you guys know, I'm not a huge fan of the character sheet. What? Oh, <laughs> you know they have completely redone it. Right? Uh, so I know. I know. Okay. But they have completely redone it. I I I know that is what they've told us, and I believe them. <laughs> But until I see what it looks like, I probably won't buy this. Oh, go to their Twitter. I uh, I forgot to tell you guys. I uh, they tweeted, um, Paizo did, and in the background, I zoomed in, and you can see one of the character sheets on their table. And I commented on that, asking them to enlarge it, and they went, "Ha ha ha, no." But <laughs> but they did they did say yes. These are brand new and. Don't get attached to them because we're actually there's a newer version of them, and they looked completely different. I saw the main stats were at the very top, good and like huge text, and things were like grouped a lot differently. I can't see all the details, but okay, they were definitely reshaped and moved around. Where most they... important, the most important is it landscape or is it portrait? <laughs> oh, God. I I think from the picture it was still landscape, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not Look, sure. I'm fine with it being landscape as long as it either can be trifolded, which is what. Never mind. I don't want to get into this. <laughs> if you go. want my opinions on the character sheets that went through the playtest, you can ask me on uh, Facebook. Come to our Facebook page. I will engage in a thesis. Of why you I hate this. Yeah, get you'll have, make sure you have about thirty minutes free to talk to her about this. <laughs> so, but for now, we've got too much stuff to get through. I'm gonna shut up. But no. I am I am cautiously excited. I did notice that they were in um portrait, like the cover art that's probably just a placeholder, is in uh portrait, so cautiously hopeful that they're not in landscape. And did you notice that the monk that I think is normally shirtless has a shirt on? I did mm -hmm. notice. Which is funny because uh, Jim, 
our monk in our game, he refused to use my mini because the monk was shirtless. Was shirtless. Hmm. And he said, no, my monk must have a shirt. And now this monk here has, has a, shirt. a shirt. So I think you'll be really happy about that. Yeah, the the artwork for the monk is pretty great. Uh, I like all of the updated artwork that they've released so far for the Iconics. Kind of in love with it. Yeah, they're pretty good. So that concludes the product release. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. That's so much. Yeah. So much. I, and I think I'm probably going to buy all of it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the core book. Oh, God, that, I love that core book. Uh, although the the it's they're fighting like a red dragon on it and mm -hmm. did you notice the treasure hoard that the dragon mm -hmm. has it's a tiny little it's like one little baby treasure chest, chest? Yeah. yeah it's like what yeah. where's all the gold dude you're not a very good dragon that's what you gotta fight for man you gotta fight dragons <laughs> for the you know stuff. he's just had other people come and loot his stuff yeah he's like this is the third group today that came exactly. took all my stuff they all had giant bags of holding, too. Just took it all. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, this is the, the last thing I'm going to say on the product release. Chad, oh. name, name the three products that you're most looking forward to. Uh, Core Rule Book of Horse, Bestiary, and... Gosh. Now I'm kind of excited for the character sheet pack. Nice. Oh, jeez. Okay. I mean, I mean, good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brandon. All right, uh, rule book because oh my god, six hundred and forty some pages of sexy rules. Oh man, I am, I am all over that. Ah, oh, can't wait. Um, and then uh, the Lost Omens World Guide, mm -hmm. I, dude. Uh, you know, kind of an abbreviated, here's the Pathfinder campaign setting. That sounds awesome. And then it's hard. Either the GM screen, probably the bestiary, because I'm really, I really liked what they've done with the monsters in 2E, mm -hmm. uh, giving them unique actions and unique reactions. I mean, you don't, every monster doesn't just do an AOE, an attack of opportunity. They all have some really cool things to do. So I'm really, and I know that. Jason Bowman has said they've really been reworking and adding lots of monsters. So I'm really curious of what they've done with those. So probably a core rule book, bestiary and lost Omens world guide. Very cool. So mine are completely different than both of you guys. How dare you? So yeah, the core rule book is going to be exciting, but here's the thing. I know that there are many people at the table. We're going to buy that already. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be great, but it's not what I'm excited for. Okay, so you're going to make me buy it, and you're just going to read mine? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Mm, that's what I'll do. probably get a PDF copy of it. There you uh, go. Well, knowing me, I'll probably get a hardcover copy too, but <laughs> it's not in my top three. Top three for me, Lost Omens World Guide. Okay. Come on. Yeah, like, that I, is I, just... I figured. Yeah, that, that is going to be jam-packed full of a bunch of lore and juicy nuggets, and I want that poster to take up the entirety of my living room. I'm hoping it's <laughs> that big. It's not, but I want it to be that big. It's um, going to be nice. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm actually really excited for Age of Ashes, the adventure path. Really? 
Oh yeah. So one, now this is my ignorance. I'm sure she's written other things, but it's by Amanda Harmon. That's going to be cool. Uh, I have followed adventure paths for a very long time. That's where Paizo really got started, right? Like rise of the rune Lords, um, second darkness, uh, Crimson Throne. These were all written for 3.5. They weren't written for Pathfinder. Now, they've updated um, two of those. They haven't updated Second Darkness yet, but, you know, that's where they started. They started with a world that was rich and deep and gritty, and I loved it. And so you sold I'm, me. <laughs> I'm really excited to see where they're going to take it in this next stage of Paizo's development. You know, this is this is a step into a new world. Yes, it's a world that we're familiar with, but it's still new and exciting, and I'm super hyped. I I love it. I would like to. It's Amanda Hammond, I believe. What did uh, I say? Harmon. Oh, there's no R. I'm terrible. Yeah. Well, I just just want to make sure, Amanda, you get your credit. I'm sure it's yeah. going to be That's amazing. Super cool. Yeah, I I'm excited about that too. And there was one little thing I wanted to add about that adventure path. I forgot to tell you, the I think the main enemy or the main thing you're trying to prevent is something dragon related. Mm-hmm. There's some type of dragon apocalypse that you have to stop. Well, I mean, how often is that the case? Well, with Pathfinder, I don't know. Are there any other dragon based? Adventure paths, like where the dragon is the main focus. Um, I'm positive that there is. I can't think of one right now. There's a dragon in uh, Rise of the. There's a well, actually, there's a dragon right at the beginning of uh, Wrath of the Righteous. Okay, good. I'm positive there's dragons in every single one of them, but I can't think of any right now. Which yeah. fake nerd, but it's okay. <laughs> So the final product that I'm most excited about is the condition card deck. I know that that sounds lame, (laughs) especially with the other two being so lore related, but being able to hand those out during uh, intense scenes, like combat scenes, that's going to be the best. You know, when we go into encounter mode, you know, that's already drawn out enough. I don't need it to be more so because everyone's looking up what that condition means. And I know conditions are going to be pretty heavily uh, important in this edition. So having those straight off the bat, that's excellent. I am really excited about it. I like that you added that one. I'm, you know, that was probably my next one, the condition cards. I think those mm-hmm. are going to be a really good, really good addition. Yeah. Excited to have them so early. Those from you, you know. mm-hmm. Yeah, could you buy those and I'll <laughs> uh, uh, beta test them for you as we play? sounds good (laughs) so let's move on to our next topic since we have finally exhausted the product product line is what I meant to say yes so Brandon what you got for us okay so they announced uh, the new iconic a while back and the iconics are so this was a new thing for me and I chat out I don't even know if you know what the iconics are, but basically uh, kind every... of iconic figures within Pathfinder. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> ah, 
I guess if you put it like that, it's pretty easy. Uh-huh. Yeah. So basically, a class representative of, um, mm-hmm. you know, of in the Pathfinder world. So now that they have Goblin as like a core race, and they have uh, Alchemist as a core class, they introduced Fumbus, who is the iconic Goblin Alchemist, and there is a. Um, there's a cool Paizo blog post about meeting Fumbus. It gives a little bit about his history. They have his artwork, which I think we need to talk about. Definitely. Um, mm-hmm. And they have basically why he's an adventurer, what stri- what uh, he's striving for, what he's hoping to do. Uh, it's really interesting how they kind of, you know, they're bringing goblins in more to the adventuring lifestyle instead of just the... I murder and eat everything category. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be something in the APs that push more goblins to do this, but they have an, exp- uh, an explanation and a reason for Fumbus doing it. So I would recommend everybody giving it a uh, a good read over. So when they released the playtest materials, one of the questions in the questionnaires was how did it feel to have a goblin? in your party you know how was it having a goblin as a pc um we really liked it my playtest group um and of course they had a line art of fumbus in the alchemist section uh but this was the this is the first time that we get fumbus's story right and the the blog has always done a meet the iconics uh post about the different iconics as they were released um you know when they release a new book there's usually if there's a class there's a new iconic and they release a little bit of backstory and it's kind of nice to see his i was really surprised about his colored art i mean we saw some line art but his design is neat There's a lot going on there with him, and kind of like how we had mentioned is the direction that the goblins appear to be going. And I don't know if this is for all of them or more evolved goblins. I don't know what it is, but you'll notice that their huge pumpkin watermelon heads have been getting smaller and smaller. And Fumbus's yeah, is, is I noticing that. really small compared mm-hmm. to like like the ones on the condition cards. Yeah, his head is is really small (laughs) compared to that, which is funny because he has like a bigger brain, I'm assuming, being an alchemist. um, (laughs) I kind of think the giant head ones are cuter than, you know, Fumbus here. But, you know. He's not going to win a beauty pageant. No. He's not looking to win one either. He's looking to (laughs) book a beauty pageant with all his alchemy. Yep, that's right. Just go boom. I think that when it comes to the goblins design, they've really worked on flushing it out, right? Like mm-hmm. making these goblins more realized in the world. Uh, and I think that's great. Um, a lot of people identify with kind of the goofy little guys who, you know, make up poems and have horse choppers. And I still think that's going to be a part of it. But it's I nice. Hope so. Yeah, I don't see it going away. But it is nice to see them more flushed out. Right. I agree. I think it's going to be on the right track. And 
I think they'll people will quickly adapt to being able to have goblins in the in the party without it being too much of a problem. I'm really loving looking at Fumbus's art right now, just like looking at the armor he's wearing. It's not real armor, it's just straps of leather that he has done his <laughs> best to like tie together. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, that's not leather armor. It is just scraps. But it works so well on him. Yeah, little pieces of leather straps. And he's like, oh, here we go. Leather armor. He's doing the best that he can. Yeah, bless his heart, man. <laughs> oh, also, he needs a pedicure. Yes. Well, I think most of them do. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Oh, God. You're right. He really does. <laughs> I think that one toenail down there is breaking off into two toenails. It's kind of... <laughs> yeah. So, one of the things that I, I know I mentioned earlier, but I did want to mention again, is this was designed by Wayne Reynolds, who does a majority of the cover art uh, for Paizo. Okay. He is a genius. <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly. This is a very cool iconic he takes these these ideas of characters and make you go man i want to play that yeah i i think his uh as i told you before i'm not a huge art person but i really like the the details Mm -hmm. on here definitely screams a goblin hero or at least goblin adventurer oh definitely i was gonna say goblin i don't know about hero yeah not sure hero hero might be a you know, a ways down, but that, that sharp toothy like grin is not convincing me of hero. <laughs> uh, he's nice. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I do find it interesting that for your guys's group, you actually had a goblin in the party. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he didn't feel too out of place. You guys kind of accepted him more or less pretty quickly. I mean, yeah. classic never going to accept him but well he was cute he was kind of a goblin hunter but yeah yeah the group i was actually really surprised he was made to be a uh, quick and dirty guy i kind of thought that he was just going to be killed in the first (laughs) time they met him and instead he kind of joined the group and became a recurring character i mean he kind of hopped on someone's leg and then wouldn't let go so we kind of felt like we were forced to keep him around (laughs) Well, yeah, there was that too. Please don't expect that from Coral. <laughs> you're not going. Yeah, you're not going to get on people's lap. Okay. No. Oh, I'm. On. I'm not going to be a shoulder cannon. <laughs> <sighs> okay. You gotta, we got to. They got to make a new strategy. Yeah. So um, the next cool thing was Paizo. Uh, they released that they are going to start a new lunchtime uh, stream on their Twitch channel, on the Paizo Twitch channel, called Oblivion Oath. I'm really excited for this. I am too, because I'm going to try to reverse engineer a lot of the rules Mm -hmm. that we see. They're not going to talk about rules. They are not doing this one for playtesting. It's not Doomsday Dawn Part 2. This is a showing how powerful of a story you can make with the official finished Pathfinder tool rules. So they are going to be playing official second edition and a cool story and not worrying about the rules and playtesting and so forth. 
and they're going to play at lunchtime for an hour starting um yeah i lost that time i think it was like april 29th or something like that check april 4th april oh good a lot sooner mm-hmm. yeah april 4th every uh thursday at noon pacific time love it i will be hmm. watching during lunchtime I-, I don't know who takes lunch at uh 2 p.m but oh yeah that's pacific time Brandon <laughs> does. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be my new lunchtime now. (laughs) I know that won't fly for me, but uh, I'm definitely going to be tuning in, having it in the background while I'm at work. I also kind of assume that they will be uh, posting these on the YouTube channel, but I don't believe that they have announced that. Uh, That is just an assumption on my part. I hope they will, because I would get in trouble for having this on in the background at work. (laughs) (laughs) Well... And they, they do on uh, their Twitch channels, they record their videos, so you could watch it later on there, and then normally mm-hmm. they get ported over to YouTube as well, so Perfect. you can watch them later. So the thing that I am probably most excited about this is that it's taking place during Adventure or uh, Tyrant's Grasp, which is their current uh adventure path which brandon knows i've been super hype about uh it looks so cool uh some of the new lore it has to deal with the whispering tyrant who has been part of the lore since day one it's just super cool um now this is not tyrant's grasp it will be spoiler free but the story is running concurrently during Tyrant's Grasp. So if your home group is doing Tyrant's Grasp, I highly recommend tuning into them. Because mm. while your group is doing something, this group is going to be doing something. And that's pretty great. But this is going to be happening in 2nd edition. Correct. I love it. Yeah, Tyrant's Grasp. Uh, I got my copy in the mail and immediately texted Brandon a picture. I was so excited. <laughs> I know it does look really nice. <laughs> so great. So uh, if any of you guys are running that right now, please tell me on Facebook. Um, I'm super jealous because I don't have a group running it right now. It's so great. Eventually. All right, I'll join a group for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, uh, my goal in life is to play every single one of the adventure paths all the way through. I'm too down. So <laughs> we'll get hey, to almost there. Two more than me. (laughs) But it's uh, really exciting, and I'm definitely going to tune in. Me too. So what else you got for us, Brandon? Uh, So there was a post on the forums by one of the developers. I thought it was Eric Mona, but I think it's actually somebody else. And I'll try to provide a link in the show notes. But they... We're trying to summarize to people that were kind of still on the fence of like, okay, well, we like second, we like kind of what we saw, but there's a lot of things we didn't like about second edition. And so they kind of summarized what they can expect in the final version compared to what we saw in the playtest. And so one of those things was the math has been changed. So the numbers are not quite as tight. There's a lot of like, uh, man, you can barely make it type uh, situations for like skill checks and so forth. And so not, they're not going to uh, make it quite so tight. They are changing up proficiency like we have talked about you know, mm-hmm. in, in our previous episodes, especially to untrained characters. You're not going to get your level uh, for any of your bonuses and stuff. 
The biggest change for the classes, and this is going to affect Davril, Chad, is oh. the, the Paladin is now called the Champion. And in the core rulebook, they are going to make a lawful good, a neutral good, and a chaotic good version of the pal- of the Champion. And the lawful good version is called the Paladin. And they very much left it open that hint, hint, oh, in the future, we will probably have some evil versions of the champion. Okay, I'm, I'm curious about that. I'm still hurt about the name change. But <laughs> yeah. at least I'm lawful good, so I can You're still, still a paladin, then. Yeah, you're I, still good. I understand this. Like, I get it. When they tried to release it as the paladin, but you could be any alignment, people kind of went crazy on the forums. Very upset. Well, that's what 5e does. <laughs> 5e, there is no alignment restriction. You don't even need a god in 5e. Right. I, this is how I've wanted the paladin to be for a very long time. Because I've always viewed, I, and this is getting weird, but Lady Justice, right? to me, is lawful neutral. I can see mm-hmm. that. And she's a paladin. She's a blind paladin. But she's a paladin. <laughs> so, so to me, like, that could be really cool. So I am all about this change. I think it's great. Yeah. I think that I think that'll be very interesting to see, you know, do they get more than just what we saw on the playtest? I think they got a reaction ability. So I'm assuming there's going to be a whole bunch of feats that correspond to which type of champion you are. Uh, maybe there might be even uh, extra books later that come out all for, okay, if you're a lawful good champion, a paladin, then you get all these extra things and weapons and so forth. And they can really expand this. They could have a whole champion book that has mm-hmm. every different type of alignment and ability and new feats. And so I think it's, Pretty cool what they're... I'll buy that book. Yes, you would. <laughs> uh, so going on with the changes, uh, as we talked about, Resonance, completely gone. There is... <laughs> you like that, huh? Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. So right now, since the playtest still has Resonance a part of it in our live play that we do, we still have to kind of incorporate it without breaking stuff, but that is really awesome that future resonance is completely gone. Don't have to worry about it. Also, spells are being beefed up considerably. Now, we got we got some of that. Some of the numbers, the very last update, they buffed a lot of the damage spells, but they sounded like magic overall is going to get a nice bump in power. They yeah. kind of felt that they're falling behind. Uh, I don't know. I'm a little concerned. I really don't want to see what we saw in first edition, which is at early levels, magic is weak, but at later levels, it's unbeatable. There's no reason to have a fighter in your group because a wizard can fill that same role. Right. That's what I read a lot. And I never really experienced high level Pathfinder first edition. Uh, I don't see that in 5e. So I'm hoping you don't, you know, they don't have that in in this as well. But I did kind of feel that the sorcerer, especially, was mm-hmm. really weak. That's in the true. Test. So I hope they get uh, a little buff without making them too overpowered on the you know level ten or fifteen and up side mm-hmm. of it. Agreed. You're going to get more from your ancestor at first level than what you did in the playtest. Perfect. So I'm assuming 
maybe just by choosing your ancestry, you might get, uh, you know, more benefits than just like an ancestry feat or a heritage feat. So there'll be more of that. There's going to be more choices. With the book gaining so many pages, I'm hoping a whole bunch of that is options. So there's going to be more <laughs> changes or more choices for classes, uh, class feat selections, and so forth. And then they also said that the skill feats and the general feats are going to get more interesting and more impactful. I think a lot of them, and I've had this problem too, is you look at the feats and there's a couple that are like, oh yeah, those are my go-to skill ones. Or I'll take a skill feat that gives me a new general feat because the skill feats I don't really care about. So they're going to get more beefed up and make them more impactful to the game, not just from a stat number, but from a like a roleplay game number as well. So excited about that. And then as we talked about, the book has been uh, completely redesigned. So they're improving the cross-referencing. I think everybody knows that in, you know, the first one will be like, oh, reference page 313. And then you go there and they'll say, hey, you need to go look at page 52. And so there's just a lot of bouncing back and forth. And I'm sure there's going to still be some of that, but they're going to, they've acted like they've compacted a lot of that together and put things in a more logical setup. So can I put in just a short plug here? Uh Uh-huh. Paizo. If you're listening to this, and I hope yeah. you are. They're probably not, but go ahead. <laughs> I want <laughs> I want a PDF that references itself. When you reference a rule on a page number, hyperlink that. Just just send us right there. Come on, man. Give it to us. It'll be great. All right. You I'm- know, that's absolutely valid. And I wish I knew the person who did it. But in the playtest, there was some dedicated guy that went to every link in the playtest PDF and where it said, see page 25, he actually hyperlinked it to page 25. And that's the one I've been using ever since. So I have it and it, oh my God, is amazing. So I get what you're saying. I just feel like it's 2019. Let's get the PDF we deserve. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Well, they're, I'm sure they're listening and they're going to exactly <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> All right. We talked about this before. Chapter one to be redesigned. So that's going to be more summary of the rules. And there's going to be like a story-based walkthrough uh, for the rules as you learn them. Character creation is going to be, has been completely rewritten and is going to be more <laughs> user-friendly. Uh, the character sheet is different. Don't worry. It's probably still, <laughs> probably still landscape. So you'll still freak out. But. It's been rewritten. Yeah, lots, and then they just said lots and lots of quality life improvements, uh, mostly taken from I think they said 125,000 playtesters or playtest feedback, which nice. I thought was amazing. I know my my group of five, uh, five including myself, uh, we we played almost every week. We didn't make it through all the way to the end because some life stuff came up right at December, but um, we made it pretty far. And we gave a lot of feedback, so it was nice to see that they heard us. And that's all I got. That's all the summary, the updates they had. Whew, that's one hell of an episode. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. God. I need to go take a shower now. <laughs> well, I tell you what, when I was reviewing all of the materials and I've been looking through the forums, I am so excited. and. <laughs> When the playtest released, for me at least, 
it, I was cautious. I was excited a little bit, but I was very cautious. And now, I, of course, I'm still cautious. Of course, I still have concerns, but I'm excited. And I really feel the hype in the community right now, which is great. Uh, it's going to be a fun couple months until it release, I believe. Definitely. Oh, uh, so who started their countdown uh, timer? Uh, <laughs> that's your job. <laughs> uh, that 100%. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be at Gen Con yet, but let me tell you, the energy on that floor is going to be palpable. Mm. <sighs> yeah, so I probably need to break it to the fans that I will not be going to Gen Con. Because my wonderful brother-in-law has decided to get married uh, in Mexico on the <laughs> same day as Gen Con. That Gen Con starts. So, Ooh, but at the same time, yay! Yeah, so it was like, yay, we're going to we're chaos combo, but I'm missing Gen Con. So <laughs> I probably won't even have the book because it'll be released when I'm there. So I'm going to be Desperately reading forms and and begging you guys to send me pictures of stuff as I oh, I'll send wait. You pictures of me reading the book. Oh, you like, what up, Brandon? Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty <laughs> bummed about that, but I'm excited for August. I, I I've got some ideas that if none of us are able to make Gen Con, we're still gonna have something going on. During that time. Don't know what. Not going to say yet. But mm -hmm. I got some ideas. I like it. I'm intrigued. I think that's it, guys. We went on a lot longer than we... Uh, yeah, I think we got everything covered. Oh, I doubt it. I'm sure there's been new news <laughs> since we recorded this. And even now, exactly. some of the things we talked about, you know, uh, is a little bit quote-unquote old news. Uh, but I still hope that uh, you heard something interesting today. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So thanks, everyone, for coming on this journey with us. Please, as Beth mentioned, reach out to us. Contact us on um, email, DysonSlicePodcast at gmail.com. On Facebook, facebook.com slash DysonSlicePodcast. On Twitter, at DysonSlice1. Or Instagram, DysonSlicePodcast. And uh, if you reach out to us on there, we pretty religiously answer pretty much anybody that uh, messages us. So give us a, uh, a buzz and we'll be happy to chat with you. If you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know and uh, we'll get it into the show. Otherwise, thank you uh, fans so much for supporting us and being a part of this. Uh, thank you, Paizo, for, uh, for gosh, for making uh Pathfinder in the first place and for making Pathfinder second edition. We're all big fans and really excited. So uh thanks everybody. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Have a good night. The intro song, Pam Gaya, the background music, and this very song that's starting up right now, Vibase, were all created and composed by Kevin MacLeod. You can check out more of his work and the work of many others over at Incompetech.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next adventure. <laughs>